talk to you about, I talk to you today about faith in the blood. Faith in the blood. Amen. Because in Exodus chapter 12, they had faith in the blood. They brought the sacrificial lamb in, examined them for four days in their house, and then shed the blood. Just like Jesus came in on the 10th day and they examined him till the 14th day, Caiaphas and, and uh, Cephas and Pilate and Herod, they all examined him and Pilate said it this way, I can find no fault with him. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. And back in the Old Testament, it was done once a year for atonement for sin, at one minute, atonement. But in our covenant, it's remission of sin. Atonement was, oh, I got to do it again next year. Remission is, it's been done, blown away. Paul said it this way. He said, he said I, I thank God he has delivered me, past tense. He is delivering me, and I'm convinced that he will deliver me. See, that's why when you read the New Testament, you need to understand it's progressive. It's always moving. God's always moving. He wants to move in your life. And so your sins have been obliterated. <laughs> And not through your good looks. No, I, I like uh, Colossians chapter 1. He says, he delivered us out of the authority of darkness. Satan has no authority anymore. He delivered you out of the authority of darkness and translated you or transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. In him, in whom you've got redemption through his blood. Not because you're, again, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. I got to read that somewhere. Hallelujah. Forgiveness of sins. Sins have been obliterated through his blood. Faith in his blood. But when I put faith in his blood, which is really the only place you put faith, it, 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 it takes the onus off of you. It's like I said last week, you know, I said, Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. No, he wants you to think well of yourself. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. But he, as Pastor Paul preached on Thursday night, preferring others. So that, so that your goal, no, no, it's like if you look at the prodigal son, and we're not going to go back there. We spent five or six weeks there in Luke 15. But he said, give me what's mine. He was entitled. And there's so many people in the world today, give me what's mine. Let me just say this, nobody owes you anything. No one owes you anything. Well, life isn't fair. No kidding. Wow, just get that revelation? Well, you don't know what they did to me. Well, you don't know what they did to me either, but I can guarantee you they did it. <laughs> <laughs> But see, real faith is proactive, not reactive. Reactive faith is mental ascent. It's like in, it, no, but it's like in Exodus chapter 12, if you looked ahead to apply the blood to the doorposts. They couldn't just say, well, I'm a Hebrew, so I'll be okay. No, it requires participation. Moses had to go and part that sea and hold that thing up there all night. We read that it just happened in a moment. 
No, it was all night. It took him all night, just like over in chapter 17 when Amalek, when he was fighting Amalek, Amalek represents doubt, but he said, you'll be fighting Amalek for the rest, for, for all of eternity. Well, no, up until the, the end of the age. But they had to hold him, Aaron and Ur had to hold his hands up. Why? Because he needs your participation. It's not enough that, oh, yeah, I agree with that. No, you got to be like you got to be like Joshua in Joshua chapter one. You know, hey, hey, Joshua, I got a word for you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given it unto you. Well, it's yours, but if you don't step on it. No, no, Christianity is like driving a truck up a hill, a big truck loaded with stuff, and it's got no brakes. And so you take your foot off the gas, and I guarantee you're going to end up. No, no, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, we've had probably 15 or 1,600 people go through the church over the 30 years we've been here. But then I got thinking, no, no, we were on TV for 12 years, and they told us that every time we were on TV, it was like filling McMahon Stadium twice. And so we touched a lot, a lot of lives, but you wonder, and you believe, you just believe God, that they'll find little Bo Peeps lost a sheep, don't know where to find them. Leave them alone and let them all come home, wagging their tails behind them. Hallelujah. So that's what we're looking for. Don't want anybody coming in saying, where were you? No, thank you, Lord, you're back. Amen. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah, Joshua. He said, if you'll begin to think like me, meditate my word day and night, mutter, utter, and speak. If you'll learn how to speak like me, if you'll learn how to think like me and speak like me, then you'll learn to act like me, and then whatever you do will prosper, and whatever you do will succeed. It's time to stop looking at God to do something and start looking and saying, when am I going to wake up? Ephesians 5, 14, wake up and arise from among the dead. God, God, you think God doesn't want to do anything for you? Yeah, he gave his son. There's nothing, there's nothing more that he can do, and he can't violate his word just to bless you. The day he violates his word is the day the universe implodes. It's held together by his integrity. So as much as he loves you and you can shed tears and all that kind of stuff, he's saying, if you'll, if you'll do what I say, hearken unto my word, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Isaiah 55, 11, my word will not return unto me void, but you're going to have to return it unto me. But it'll prosper in what I send it into. He said it'll prosper if you do it. You just have to do it. James one twenty two: be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. And so, you know, lots of times, oh, yeah, I know that. Well, my Bible tells me that you don't believe with your head, you believe with your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the most speaks. So what you really believe if we'll listen to you. You can quote scriptures all day wrong, but if, but if you don't believe them, how do I how to believe them? Well, you know, you believe, again, Mark 11.23, I don't mean to, be, you know, go back there, but he said, he said, whosoever 
that means I qualify, shall say to this circumstance, this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe the things that he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Three times he talked about saying and one time he talked about believing. See, because you can believe, but until you speak it, it doesn't become active. The real first step in, in, in faith is speaking out what you believe. But if you don't believe it, speak it out anyway. Keep talking it until it becomes a revelation to you. But don't lay down and quit thinking God has failed you. God will never fail you. We just heard and never fail you, never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. So if you think he's gone somewhere, you just need to check out where you went. Hallelujah. Where were we going anyway when we started this? Moses holding up the rod. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. I mean, I like that he had to do that all night, and I like that he had to do that again in Exodus 17 because it makes it a lot easier for me to think, well, he just went out and held it up and everything was fine. And only the ones that applied the blood to their doorposts were the ones that the death angel passed over. You couldn't get there just because you mentally agreed with what was being done. Oh, yeah, I agree with this. I know this. How many people, yeah, I know that. No, if you knew it, it would be activated in your life. <laughs> Stop picking on me. Well, somebody has to tell you. <laughs> Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So what is in your heart in abundance is what's coming out of your mouth. So that's why he said, don't forsake the, 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 this book of the law, but meditate in it. How often? Yes. Think about it day and night. In Isaiah 41, he said, you, you know, talking about mountains, we, well, I talked to the mountain and it didn't move. Well, in Isaiah 41, he said, I'll make you into a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. You'll thresh the mountains and beat them small. You'll turn the hills into chaff, and the wind will carry them, and the whirlwind will scatter them away. You can talk to them. Don't stop talking to the mountain just because it hadn't moved. Go to Banff and take a look. Hey, dear God. And then swing a pick by faith. Swing a pick, grab a shovel, do something. Just whack it. Because God, no, but God's not a liar. <laughs> His word is truth. All heaven is waiting. All heaven is waiting to show the, themselves strong on behalf of somebody that will believe. They're waiting for you to do something, say something, act. They're waiting for you to act on it. You know, whatever you can imagine. Genesis chapter 10 basically said it this way because he had to come down and confound the languages of the people. He said, because whatever you can imagine, you can have. Whatever you can see yourself doing. You can do. If you can see it, you can seize it. So how do you see yourself? Because that's where you find yourself. Well, I just see myself sick and broke. Well, stay that way if you want to. But God said, I came to preach the good news to the poor. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. Or you can continue to make it on your own. How's that been working for you so far? No, I tell that to people that, you know, don't believe in God for prosper financial prosperity. I, I like to say, well, I see what you've been doing is working real well for you. <laughs> I get saucy from time to time. I know you don't. Yeah. 
Anyway, let me go somewhere else. Let me have to check my phone here and see if I can find a focus. That's interesting. Lobster rolls at the finer diner. That can't be it. That can't be it. <laughs> okay, that's not it. <laughs> but you may want to try it. Okay. So I, I put this down. Real faith is proactive, not reactive. Mental assent is in your head, but faith comes through your heart. They had to to apply the blood in Exodus chapter 12. And again, sheep blood brought the atonement at one minute. But they had to do it every year. But yours, you don't ever have to get yours done again. Once was enough. We better read that somewhere. Okay, I don't know what translation this is. It could be the Johnson translation. It could be the Passion translation. It could be some combination that Gary Hoover made up, but, but I'm going to share it with you anyway because it's good. Because it's Bible. You know, we're, we're not preaching our opinions here, and, we're, and we don't preach methods here either. You know, we preach principles. Like lots of people have a method of how to evangelize the world. Well, and, 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 and that's good. If God tells you to do that, what God told us over the years was go on TV and do what we're doing now. Are we going to have an evangelistic outreach? Well, we'd like to, but we're not going to do it just because it was a good idea. We've tried some good ideas. <laughs> Paul can tell you we've tried some dandy good ideas. No, but sometimes if you, sometimes when you're making progress, it's like you're on a ship, and you see things are moving ahead, and so you feel good about it because you're the pastor, and and the type of pastor I am is. I'll delegate something to you, but I'm, I'll never micromanage you. Matter of fact, I might ignore you altogether. No, no, but that's, but that's who I am. I'm, I'm not going to try and be somebody else. That's who I am. But what I found over the years is I'm looking at where we're going, and we feel like we're making progress. But one day the Lord said, you need to go and look at the wake, look at the back of the ship. And when I did, I saw people bobbing in the waves, people that fell off because we were going in a direction that was so away from so far away from faith, so far away from what we really believed and stood for, so that we could save money, so that we could manage finances. I'll tell you the best way to manage finances, blow it out the door. You think you can outgive God? Blow it out the door. Throw it out the door and then sweat. No, but if you don't give enough to make you sweat, you're not going to move God much. No, give him, give him so much that they're saying, oh, God, if you don't come through, oh, God, if you don't come through. <laughs> but I got some news for you. He always comes through. Anyway, okay, if he's, Colossians 1 and verse 9. Colossians 1, 9. We constantly pray for you, asking, asking that you may grasp God's intention for you, both in your head and in your heart, so that your lifestyle will please God and your efforts in the ministry will be productive, that your understanding of who God is will continually enlarge, and we want you to become so aware of the vast strength which springs out of your relationship with God, so that you'll have a steadiness and be able to endure anything with joy 
And you will thank God, the Father, who makes us adequate through our participation. I like this. Through your participation in the community of transparent people. No, but transparent people is good. See, I don't have to put on anything for you. God knows my heart. He knows everything about me. And he still loves me. But for me to come in here and act like somebody else in front of you, I might have done it years ago, but I wouldn't bother anymore. And not, not to insult you, but, but I, can, I, can only be, I can only be Gary. And I'm not the ideal me, just like you're not. But God doesn't love the ideal me. He loves the me that, that's here right now. I may never reach that ideal me. Amen. Okay, so your participation. <laughs> Thank you for celebrating that with me. Oh, God, I heard somebody say, oh, God, you're right. <laughs> your participation in the community of transparent people. He has released us from the confusion and meaningless of a closed life and has opened us up that we might participate in the authority of his son, Jesus. Let me expound on who this son is and what it means to participate in this authority. Through him, we have been restored to God's original intention. Again, that's Hebrews 2.10. Came to the captain of our salvation, made perfect through suffering, came to restore many. There's not many here today. When he says many, think about the stars. He says baptizing nations. He said baptizing nations. All he needs to do is wake us up. Because we're waiting for somebody else to come and fix the problem. No, it's you. You're the problem. It's me. No, no, I can, I can blame the liberal government. But the only reason the liberal government's in charge right now is because the church failed. Re now that we're reading through the Old Testament, it's pretty amazing. When a good king is there, it's because the people were living right. When the people aren't living right, a bad king comes up. And again, and again Trudeau never picked... Followers, followers picked him, although nobody will admit it anymore. Through him, through Jesus, we have been restored to God's original intention. Our refusal to obey God has, listen, our refusal to obey God has been forgiven. And we pray that you would be energized with all the explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory. Mm. Your sins have been obliterated. Your sins have been forgiven. I said your sins have been forgiven. No, but does it, do you find that we're preaching this every week? And we're going to continue until you get it? Because in order for you, in order for you to affect the world out there, you've you got to see who you are. If you just see that an inferior version, of, you, know, you were created in the image and the likeness of God. That's who you are. You look like him. You, and he said, I want you to learn how to, to act like me, to think like me, and to talk like me. Jeremiah 1.12, he said, I watch over my word to perform it. What word's coming out of your mouth? Don't tell them how you're feeling. Don't tell them. <laughs> Nobody didn't hear that. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because number one, you've got to believe that he exists. And number two, that he's a rewarder. Everybody say rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Well, I don't believe that. Well, that's obvious. But we're trying to encourage you. 
We pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory, filling you with a great hope. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive his glorious inheritance, freely given, freely given to us by living in the light. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all of our sins are canceled, and we have a release of redemption through his very, through his very blood. I understand how redemption works. I, when I was a drug addict, I used to pawn things. <laughs> no, no, and, and I, I'd make sure that while, while things were going well that I'd buy nice things. So like, but but even in my mind, then, sir, I was thinking, I need to get something nice because you know when I when, when I go to put it in the pawn shop, I get more for it. So, so then after you put it in the pawn shop, you you buy your drugs, and then when things get a little prosperous again, you go and get it out, and get, you know. But I understand that redemption. You're buying back something that belonged to you. God bought back something that belonged to Him. Something so valuable, so valuable. The Bible says that he found that one pearl and sold the entire field, sold everything to get that one pearl. And what I, what I like about a pearl is it represents the church because a pearl is formed through adversity in the ocean. And then after the adversity, secretion starts to happen to form the pearl. I see some of you now starting to shine <laughs> through the persecution. Hallelujah. He won't leave you alone, so you might as well give up. <laughs> Cooperate. Don't be like the prodigal. Wait until you end up in the pig pen before you, you get a revelation. <laughs> My dad's good and this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all of our sins are canceled, obliterated, and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Romans 5, 6, please. I like Romans 5. I think we did this last week. We but again, repetition is what? The motor of learning. Yeah. And if you really heard it last week, you'll hear it again. Say, yeah. Yeah. But if you didn't hear it last week, you say, oh, I was going to teach that again. <laughs> I was going back to that boring verse. Listen, there's nothing boring about the Word of God. It's, but don't sit here and mentally agree. You know, get a revelation. Not, don't just get the information and put it in your head. Get a revelation and put it in your heart. How do you do that? By meditating it day and night. By thinking about what you're hearing. And then acting on what you're hearing. James 1.22. Don't be a hearer. Be a doer. Romans 5.6. It was at that very time when we were quite helpless in the face of alienation and death. Christ gave himself for us. Who were even unaware of God. For a person to offer up his life for a good person who is living in complete awareness of God, 
is rather unexpected, yet perhaps some are willing to die for a good man. But God showed how much he loves us by Christ dying for us when we were both disobedient and helpless. Yet then we have a right relationship with God through Christ's death. It's even more true that we will be delivered from the meaningless of life through his life. If Christ through his death created a truce between us and God when we were acting like God's enemies, now that we are at peace with him, he will make us whole through, uh, through his life. So we are not only glad about the future, but at this very moment we are happy because God has made us one with himself through Jesus Christ. Mm. One with him. One. One. Yep. Just one. Many members, Pastor Paul was preaching about it on Thursday night, many members. One body. You find the place where you fit and you join. If you don't join, you're a cancer cell. That's not pretty, is it? It's the truth, where you like the truth. You, you love the truth, and the truth makes you free. So, I'm going to read another translation. Again, I don't know what they are. <laughs> I just, you know, just, I, I, no, but I've been reading the Johnson translation a bit, and also the Cotton Patch uh, translation, and also the Passion translation. So, and as Paul brought out on Thursday. You know, the message translation. So there's no, but there's so much out there today that you can get a picture of what God's really saying to you that, you know, so, you know, go home and shut some other stuff off and crank up the word of God. When the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak and powerless to save themselves. Well, I know that's true. I remember when I got born again, I was in a drug dependency center. I went out in the backyard and said, Jesus, if you're real, what you did 2,000 years ago doesn't mean anything to me. Can you help me right now? Can you help me? Can you help me? And, uh, and he did. He, I, I, that day, I remember that day, it felt like somebody took a backpack off me. I just felt lighter. Now, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a perfect deal. But back then, I look at, how innocent my faith was until I went to church and started getting into works. You know, like I would go to Shuby Park on my motorcycle. Back then you could ride it right into the park. I, I, I got my motorcycle license right after I got off the ark, so, so I've been around a while. <laughs> no, it's true. I was thinking I've been riding a motorcycle for 58 years, but the last two years don't count, so 56 years. And now I'm riding again. It's like it's starting all over. It's so weird. It feels weird because everything is not familiar for a while. But So that may be where you're at in your Christian walk, but I encourage you, get back on, ride, ride. Anyway, um, when I first got saved, it was, it, was like, it was like I was flowing in the Holy Ghost all the time. When, again, it, it went on for months until I went to church. I'd go to Shuby Park and expect Jesus to walk right down the path. And he would tell me things. He would say, I need you to go to so-and-so's house today. He was in a serious truck accident. He drove an 18-wheeler. He was in a serious truck accident. I want you to go over to his house. And there's a bunch of people over there mourning. And I want you to tell him he'll be home tomorrow. Well, I didn't have time to rationalize it. I said, okay. So I went over, and sure enough, there was one of the, one of the brothers was out in the backyard pick, looking for a four-leaf clover. 
like, like as if that was going to help. But people that don't know God get desperate, right? Anyway, I, I walked in and I, <laughs> I told them, I said, you know, where is he? He's in such and such a hospital. I said, well, he'll be home tomorrow. And, of course, it was like how they laughed at Jesus. They laughed me to scorn. But the next day, guess what? <laughs> he, was, he was home. But I could tell you a ton of stories about that until religion came. Once religion came, instead of looking out, I started looking in, examining myself to see if I was worthy to do anything. That's why we're teaching what we're teaching right now. God wants you to start today. He didn't want you to wait, wait until you're perfect because we haven't got time for that. <laughs> you need to start today. Today, you can go make a difference in somebody's life. Today, you can have a word from the Lord. Stop waiting until you're perfect. Again, because it's not going to... In God's sight, in God's sight, we understand that in Colossians 2, 9 and 10. 10, verse 10 says, you're complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. Okay, so meditate that if you want to meditate something. I'm already complete in him. Amen. He said we were helpless and weak and powerless to save ourselves. Now, would anyone dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can, we can all understand someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved his passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. And there's still much more to say of his unfailing love for us, for through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration. Oh, I like this. You are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Say never. never. Are we going to go through the tribulation period? It's called the wrath of God. You're not going there. I know there's some people going through it in Ukraine and places like that right now. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his, his judgment. His, if you think he's judging the earth right now, he started in the wrong place. He should have blew up California. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you'll never experience the wrath of God. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours now that we are at peace with God. And because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? Yeah. I mean, what did he say in Genesis chapter 1? Let's make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion. Let them dominate their circumstances. The church is supposed to dominate Canada. He, he, he even etched it on the parliament. Well, it's on the peace tower, peace clock. He shall have dominion from sea to sea. It's already etched in concrete there. He shall have dominion from sea to sea. And the only time that peace clock stopped in all of these years was one day it stopped at 728. Psalm 72, 8, he will have dominion from sea to sea. He's trying to tell us something. You know, we're looking at what's going on, but don't ever forget that there's going to be a great reversal. Don't ever forget that God hasn't moved yet. Don't ever forget that he's about to move on this earth. He's moving right now, I say, about to. I need to change that and say he's moving right now. He's moving in your life, moving in my life right now. 
He's begun to move in our lives. And he shall have dominion from sea to sea. That means I will too. He told us in Psalm 2 and verse 9, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for an inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Arise and shine, Isaiah 60 says, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In the world is a darkness and a gross darkness upon the people, but God's glory shall be seen upon you. Kings and influential people will come to the brightness of your rising. Your heart will reverence and be enlarged because the abundance of the Gentile nations will be converted onto you and their forces and their money. Haggai 2.6, he said, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken so that the things that can't be shaken will remain. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. But then he said the desire of all nations will come. Well, the desire of the nations really is Jesus. They just don't know him. But my Bible says in Romans 8.19 that all of creation is waiting for me to show up. All of creation is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of glory. Oh, God, please give me. Have you got me? Will you want me? Son... I've already given you all things freely to enjoy. I've already given you Ephesians 1.3. Blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. Now are you going to partake in my divine nature or you continue to talk out of your head? If you're going to partake in my divine nature, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you. Again, he said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, submit your body unto God a living sacrifice. And then, not to be conformed or informed by the world, but, but you're studying the Word of God. God's Word is on your lips day and night. You make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. Colossians 3, and what verse 1 says, If you are risen with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your intelligence on the things that are of the earth, or uh, of heaven, rather, not the things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is here with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, you'll also appear with him in the glory. So then he tells me, mortify your members that are upon the earth. How do you do it? By what I'm doing right now. The Word. You can't change you, but the Word can change you. As you meditate the Word and speak the Word, the Word begins to work on you. Jesus said, you're now clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. So he said, mortify your members that are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, which is idolatry. He said, for the, and I only know this because I didn't memorize it. I just pray it every day. I said, I didn't memorize it. I don't sit around, I better memorize this. No, when you pray it every day, it gets in you. It just gets in you. He said, also put off all of these anger, how do I put away anger, God? By saying I put away anger. <laughs> or you can go to anger management classes. I knew a guy that did that, and it was serious business. We were just waiting for that bomb to go off. <laughs> no, but he was even changing his tone and talking real nice, and I'm thinking, dear God, there's a, there's a bomb getting ready to explode in there. <laughs> you can't manage anger. You put away anger, wrath, malice. Blasphemy, filthy communication out of your lips, and you stop lying to one another. I love that because he was writing to the church. Stop lying to the, one another because you put off the old man with his deeds. Why would we lie to one another? Because we're not happy with who we are. We're trying to impress you with something. 
look, God's already impressed with you. He knows exactly where you are and what he's going to do in your life. All you need to do is, like the sign said on the road that nobody obeys anymore, yield the right of way. People think today it means run the red light, you can make it. <laughs> but they're rude because they're scared. People out there are scared. They're acting like they're cool and got it all together, but they are scared. I mean, I'm watching all kinds of people still running around with masks on and stuff. And By the way, I'll wear one if it, if it, if it if offends somebody that I won't. Okay? I don't want to offend anybody. I want to keep them open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But do I believe that it's necessary? No, people that have had the two, two shots and double boosters are still getting sick. But also realize that, the, that it's not a conspiracy, that the medical society is doing the best they can trying to catch up with something that they have no control over. So, now where were we? Before I get off on that little tangent. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, put off the old man with his disease and put on the new man. That new is pneuma, spirit man. Put on the new man, renewed in the, in the knowledge of the image of him, where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Then I like the next verse, but ye holy and beloved. After he just called you a liar. After he just told you you were angry. He said, but you holy and beloved. See, you got to understand that's the heart of God. You holy and beloved. Mm. Hallelujah. Forgive one another. He said, you, beloved, forbearing with one another and forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. And I always liked that verse, but I like to mention that I didn't like that part. As Christ forgave you, because as long as he didn't say that, I could get away with some stuff. But I know how he forgave me because I was three months behind my rent and stoned. The day, but when, when I read that, I think about Romans 5. While you were yet a sinner, he died for you. The day that I was sitting there trying to sew that Bible back together, he died for me. The day that I couldn't walk because I ate so many psilocybin mushrooms, I had to crawl across the floor to change the music. He died for me. Hallelujah. I had somebody say to me one day, he said, you weren't a drug addict. And I'm thinking, no, you would think that because you were way, way worse <laughs> than me. <laughs> Forbearing with one another and forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave. We also forgive. And above all, above all, like Pastor Paul was preaching on Thursday night, above all, we put on love, the bond of maturity. We're called, to, and then he said, we're called to one body. So you have a place where you fit. If it's not here, you need to find the place that you fit, but you fit somewhere. The elbow's connected to the, you know. <laughs> That's all I know. We didn't sing. That's okay. You were singing Give Peace a Chance on Thursday night. I was really, I, I was really concerned for you, brother. <laughs> I was thinking, man, Nick, you the thing you know, it's going to be Magical Mystery Tour. Line up for the Mystery Tour. <laughs> yeah. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. We're called to one body. It's, it's Paul's fault. 
We're called to one body, and we are thankful. And th- yeah, but this verse, if you could just get this verse, it'll change your life forever. Speaking to yourselves, not grumbling and complaining. God, here's what you're saying in your tent. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. There's no room for complaining when you do that. There's no room for your complaint anymore. (laughs) You need to shove that complaint out of sight. (laughs) That's all we're saying about that. (laughs) It's not my fault. Ashton started to laugh, so... Uh, yeah. Forbearing with one another and forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave, you forgive. And above all, put on love, the bond of maturity. Growing up in love, the bond of maturity. Faith, hope, and love. And love is the greatest because the end is greater than the means. The faith and the hope are there to get you to love. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness. It starts out with love. And I'm done. God bless you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.